I don't know how many pig farmers we have listened in the keeper pen on a weekly basis, but if you are a pig farmer, listen up. United Harvest is looking for the world's best bacon, and they're willing to pay for it. The company that sponsors these podcasts, United Harvest, is searching, dare I say scouring, the globe, searching for the highest quality bacon possible that they can market to their customers. If you think you have the best bacon, please email me, okay? Cannon Brown at barramedia.com. That's right. That's my email. If you think you have the highest quality bacon and want to submit a proposal to United Harvest, email me, unitedharvest.com. I don't even know how to remotely start a podcast. I don't know how to start a conversation. That's a podcast. If I could be any celebrity, I'd be Will Winner. Please, for the love of God, if you're listening to this and you still tuck your jeans in your boots, reach down, pull those bad boys out, all right? We're done with that. We're done with that. I am 97 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. Next! I should have brought my recorder. I could have played hot cross buns. Is that illegal? <laughs> when our two moms listen to this podcast, they're going to be like... Yeah, our two moms. They're going to be super proud of us. Welcome to the Keeper Pin. Hello, party people. I like that intro. I think I'm going to use it more. I've decided to refer to everyone as party people. Sound a little bit hoarse because I've been doing this reasons exercise thing for in prep for our Houston contest last contest of the year so I sound like I smoke cigarettes I'm not actually smoking cigarettes I've been practicing but we have an awesome guest with us today that I'll let Maddie introduce um back in the boss babe season back to something that we've loved so much and definitely a highly requested um yes for sure well, good morning, everyone. And unlike Jenna, I have been doing either neither of those things, but I have been traveling. Uh, I've been in Oklahoma for a week or so, and I have come down with the Oklahoma crud or whatever it is now. So um, this was the same thing I had a month ago when I left there. So evidently, I'm just allergic. So, um, I am super excited for this week's guest. I've known her for a long time. I've had the pleasure of getting to know her over the course of the last, I don't know, probably 10 years now, maybe a little less than that, but I would like to welcome Heidi Anderson. So Heidi, if you would go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you grew up and if you were involved in ag, and then we'll sort of go from there. Well, good morning, ladies. I'm so, so, so excited to be on your podcast. Been listening to it and, you know, we're just, I'm excited to be here with you guys this morning. And I, my voice is probably going to be reflective of your voices because I have also been in Oklahoma for the last 10 days. And I think, you know, Maddie, I think we're both just maybe allergic to Oklahoma, but, you know, they have such cool things. It's kind of worth it. I think, yeah, I think I'll keep going back. I think I'll keep going back, but I think my body is like, yeah, no. (laughs) My body just needs a little bit of a break. Exactly. Exactly. The fact that it's springtime here, and I think it was, you know, 45 one day and 80 the next probably isn't helping matters out any either. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) 
<laughs> but all right, so a little bit about my backstory. Um, you asked me where I'm from, and I can either say everywhere or nowhere. Um, I grew up as an Air Force brat. Um, so we, so I did not grow up in ag. We grew up all over the country. Um, I went to eight different schools from the time I started kindergarten until I graduated to high school. But I had the opportunity to live in a lot of really cool places, um, including Alaska. My dad was um, had a church there. He was a chaplain and was stationed there also. So he, um, we really did have some really cool, neat opportunities that a lot of other people didn't have. But one of the things that comes up a lot is people ask, well, where are you from? You know, where did you grow up? And it's such a loaded question. Um, now, that being said, we spent most of our time growing up um, when we weren't at quote unquote home, wherever, you know, our home base was. We, um, we spent a lot of time with my grandparents and my aunts and uncles in the Seattle area. And so if I had to say I grew up somewhere and I had to pinpoint one place, it would probably be in that like Seattle, Tacoma area. So while a lot of people that are listening to this podcast were raised, you know, on farms and ranches, I was raised um, on the water and really, really enjoyed that perspective. And the smell of salt water still brings back all the feels anytime that I'm home. Um, or anytime I get off an airplane and can smell salt water, whether it's in California or wherever. Uh, that being said, um, Charles and I, a lot of people, you know, they look at a lot of people know Morgan, my daughter, um, and we have an abundance of last names. Um, that is because Charles and I are both second marriages. Um, we actually met the way that our grandparents would have loved for us to have met. We met in church and we, uh, so I still, up until Charles and I got married, was not involved in agriculture. Um, I did show horses growing up, um, but it was not the kind of horses. It wasn't ranch horses. I, it was the whole hunting, jumping thing. But that was probably the closest to um, livestock that I had gotten while I was growing up. Um, but one of the things um, that has been such a huge blessing in my life was that when we got married, when Charles and I got married, we, I've always experienced everything, no matter where we lived growing up through a camera, my folks either made us, they were very aware that we were growing up in a way that not a lot of other kids grew up. So they gave us, you know, we could either write or take pictures and they were very um, encouraging of us doing that so that we would remember um, all of these different experiences that we had while we were growing up. And of course, I took to the camera. Well, throughout my entire life, that's just how I experienced new things and thing, you know, memories in general. And before, you know, I mean, all of you guys do it too. You have cell phones. Um, we didn't have cell phones when I was growing up because I am definitely old enough to be both Jenna and Maddie's mother. So um, we didn't have cell phones growing that's up. A, that's a lie. We're, she just oh. turned 21, guys. She... <laughs> She literally is in her mid-20s, so <laughs> disregard. Maddie, this is why you're my favorite Caldwell, except for that now I'm going to get an angry phone call from Olivia. Yeah, good luck. Good freaking luck. <laughs> Continue, sorry. Um, but, you know, we didn't, when I, when I was growing up, we didn't have cell phones, but it is more common for, you know, this generation to take pictures of all of their experiences and their friends and their family and the things that they're going through. Um, 
But when Charles and I first met and when we got married, his the way he grew up, and I mean, he is from a third generation, fourth generation um, cattle family. They um, raised short horns and Angus while he was growing up. And he went through and showed and all of that kind of stuff. But that whole atmosphere was very foreign to me. Um, and so it kind of legacy. I had a an established um, photography business that I had actually been established for about 12 years already um, when Charles and I got married. And, you know, for me, it was just kind of a side thing. And I was like that I just want to take pictures of how he grew up, you know, we would go to his family farm and people's family farms around him. And it was just amazing to me. And legacy, uh, really organically grew out of that. Um, the fact that I didn't know a lot of things (laughs) that were going on and it was just such a, an interesting and thrilling world to me because everything was new. Um, kind of backstepping, I did, um, go to college. Um, I have a degree in marketing and a degree in finance. I thought I would be a stockbroker. Um, that didn't work out. <laughs> so um, I ended up uh, st- I ended up doing professional photography and I stayed at home with my kids um, for a lot of years. And that, that industry and being able to kind of make my own hours, I was shooting roughly 25 to 30 weddings a year at the time, um, seniors and um, infants and families. And I grew up in the dance world as well. And one of the things my parents always did when we moved was find a ballet school for me. Um, so I actually was when Charles and I met was photographing four different professional ballet companies in different parts of the country. So that is roughly, um, a little bit of a zigzag, but it's, Um, that's roughly my backstory and kind of how legacy came to be and kind of how, um, I came around to it. I love that. Um, (laughs) I love that you weren't involved. I think that's so like, so refreshing in something because, you know, as a lot of us do, like you said, have the same kind of background and a lot of that to rely back on. So kind of, how did you, um, for people who maybe have different backgrounds or, you know, not as, (laughs) Uh, prominent as show careers or stuff like that. How did you learn to adapt and how did you learn to kind of be, you know, I would have never known when, you know, you and I met last summer that you didn't come from a background of livestock. Uh, You seem very livestock savvy. So how'd you learn and adapt to something new? And regardless of that being just livestock, you know, how do you use that kind of approach in, in other parts of your life? Well, I think, you know, it's really interesting to me that God gives you different talents. And he doesn't honestly let you know what those talents are going to be, you know, and how they're going to be used until it's time for them to be used. And every step in your, in your life will lead to something completely different. Um, You know, I come from maybe a consumer, more of a consumer background versus a producer background. And I think that is one advantage people who don't grow up in agriculture, maybe have over people who do grow up in production agriculture is for that very acute sense of what the consumer mentality is, which is the vast majority of the country is consumers of what we do. And the better we tell our story, 
And the better that we take that perspective of, you know, people just don't know. I mean, in the most honest and true way, um, they're ignorant Um, and not in the way of somebody being stupid, but just in the way of not knowing. Um, And I think being able to kind of come from that perspective and use that perspective to be able to use it as almost a platform for, hey, guys, you know, this is something that's amazing. I think that maybe is the thing that I've taken away from this the most is that the way that you guys grow up is the way that the only a very small minority of kids have the ability and the privilege to grow up. And it's absolutely amazing. Not everybody can say I have my five best friends living in five different states and I see them every couple of months. And when I get out of college, I'm going to be able to sell cattle to them or, you know, sell pigs to them or, you know, this person that I met when I was doing a contest at a junior national um, is going to be my future employer, you know, whether it's a feed company, whether it's something like that. Um, And I think that's, you know, being able to embrace um, where you come from and what makes you different and what makes you unique. Um, I was really, really, I mean, I already had the photography business and Charles always teases me that, um, that I had this innate talent for being able to see livestock that if I would never have met him, I would never have known I had inside of me. You know, I mean, some of you, some of the people who, you know, grow up judging like, you know, like you did, Jenna is, you know, what if, what if you had never had the opportunity to be able to learn that and to be able to see that. And I think that's where I feel unbelievably blessed that I was placed in this um, environment to thrive. And, and I never take that for granted. And I think one of the ways that I really, really, really learned, I I mean, obviously, Charles helped me through a lot of the basics of what to do. But the first, you know, year or so, when I was in the rings, um, with I was able to be in the ring, photographing shows with some of the most amazing minds in this industry. And just being able to absorb that. Um, I mean, Jenna, you'll, you'll know, I, both of you guys know this. When, unless you're judging a show, when was the last time that you watched a show from beginning to end? Uh, never. Never. I always take snack breaks. I was thinking I was like, go to the concession stand a lot. Valid. <laughs> Snack plate breaks are important. Yeah, the only other time that I can, when I was getting results for Pig Planet at World Park Expo, that's the only time that I've gotten very close to watching from beginning to end. Necessarily pay attention. Right, but- yeah. It, it was like I would wait till the end of the class, get the results, but it wasn't like I was sitting there the entire time intently watching. And I think because I didn't come from that, I was trying to absorb everything, and I still do. But it's what's come out of that over the course of a decade is like, um, Maddie, when your dad's judging, I've been in the ring or around the ring with your dad enough that I know what he likes and I know how he sorts because I've watched him and I've listened to him. And that's been an interesting side 
side thing is kind of being able to know people call us all the time and like, oh, okay, well, you've worked with, I'm just using your dad because he's easy. <laughs> you've worked right, with, yeah. or what's he going to like, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, you know, if you have such and such and such and such, just don't bring him because he's not going to like it. You know, I mean, like your dad's kind of a structure freak. Yep. So if you bring one that's even like it, no matter how cool he is, if he's not going to be able to get across the ring, you may as well just not bring him. Right. Yep. So, but I've been in the ring. I've been with your dad, you know, probably a dozen times while he's been judging. So it's that, and that's kind of an interesting kind of, it was never something I ever set out to do, but it's, it's funny because there's, you know, you kind of pick up everybody's little tendencies and idiosyncrasies and what they like and what they don't like and kind of trying to take yourself out of it where even though I can sit in there and go, I really like that one a lot better, but I know Todd's going to use this one. So I need to go over to this side to take that. <laughs> we can have a conversation about the, why I don't like what you did, but I need to make sure I'm in the right place for what you're choosing. <laughs> I didn't even think about how livestock photographers would actually have very good insight on judges like I've never thought about it like that but you guys would like you hear it all the whole time the whole day and yes. you watch it all unfold multiple times that's cool exactly exactly and that's I mean that honestly between you know when I was really really had some guys who were super gracious um the first couple of times that I was you know really working in a ring and stuff like that who would you know and they, and then over the years, I realized, you know, that what they would, I thought they were teaching me and they were just basically bouncing their reasons before they went out and gave, them. <laughs> but, um, you know, but they would, they would talk, you know, it's, it's surprising how much some of those guys will talk in the ring as well, you know, right. But being able to use those as teachers. And we have a lot of interns that work with us, especially over the summers that, um, you know, maybe like, especially if they're pig kids and they're going to go to two or three junior nationals, um, Angus or, you know, cattle junior nationals with us. And, you know, I always say, Hey, pay attention, pay. If you're a pig kid, pay attention to how these guys are talking cattle, because you're going to learn more from how they're talking cattle than you, you know, I mean, how often do you get to sit and listen to these great minds and how do they, and then, you know, at the end of the summer, how did they do it differently? You know, because a lot of these junior nationals, you can have three, four judges within the same week between bread and owns and different, you know, percentages and stuff like that, um, where you're going to have the opportunity to see how people sort. And I've actually had judging coaches come back and go, what did you do with my kid this summer? Like they know cow or they know pigs now and they were a cattle kid, but they got to go to the, all these pig shows. And, you know, and I said, well, that's by because they got to listen to Mark Hogan, the pig ring for four days straight, you know. You guys hear me talk about United Harvest or you skip through it. Either way, go to the website and just check out what I've been talking to you about for the past like three months. Okay. It doesn't hurt to just go to the website and see what I've been raving about this whole time. I don't care if you're skipping through right now. You're going to hear little bits and pieces, okay? Go to unitedharvest.com, use the promo code FRIENDS15 for 15% off your first order. That's a pretty awesome experience for them. And I guess sort of leading into my next question, what, and this is probably a loaded question, but what is one of your favorite things to work on? Whether that be if that's at a show, working backdrops or just getting candids around the barn, because I think 
arguably to anyone in the country, you have some of the best candidates that I have ever seen, whether that's just around the barn or of people working, they're just absolutely amazing. So, and I guess I can include weddings in there too. So what is one of your favorite things to work on? Maddie, you're full of the loaded questions. Um, I know. <laughs> well, and I think it feeds into the fact that I think I had late onset ADD. I don't remember being, <laughs> having ADD being in high school and stuff like that, but I genuinely love all of it. And part of it is, is, you know, by the time I'm kind of over doing one thing, it's time to go do the next. Um, that being said, I mean, I love being out on um, people's farms and ranches. That's one of my really favorite things to do. But when it comes down to it, I love the interactions with people on no matter what level it is, whether it's a wedding, whether it's, you know, standing at the backdrop, congratulating people, you know, being part of their memory or the interaction between people and their animals or people, you know, back at the stalls or in the ring. It's that inner, that personal interaction and the people interaction, I think on all levels, that is probably my favorite. I've got another question. What is your favorite show? Like, what is your favorite show um, that you've pictured? Another loaded one. I know. That's the worst loaded, Jenna. (laughs) I know. I know you're in that heat of OIE stuff. You know, I think that stuff's badass, but um, some like just a moment, I guess, that you had with Legacy or uh, at a show that you were like, this is this is it and this is why what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, well, I think there's just different things about different shows that I like. Um, I mean, like we we aren't involved with shows that we don't like. I mean, I think we're at that point in our career where we're just like, you know, if it's not something we're interested in doing, we're not going to do it. (laughs) And it's mostly, you know, we want to be around people we enjoy. We want to be around um, shows that we feel like we can represent well. But I think when it comes down to it, there's a lot to be said for the different moments at shows. Um, And I think, you know, I mean, like you can't take away from, you know, walking through the yards in Denver. I mean, that's huge. And that's a big part of my heart, you know, but at the same time, you know, I love the vibe in Oklahoma city, you know, and there's, you know, when those, when those fire curtains come down during Hawaii, it just takes your brain, you know, those kids come out of the limos during grand drive. It just takes your breath away. Um, but then there's, you know, smaller shows we do and jackpots and state fairs and stuff like that. And it's, I tend to come away with moments that I remember. And, you know, a lot of those moments, you know, come with, you know, just being able to be there and be a part of somebody's memory and be a part of being able to preserve somebody's biggest moments of their lives. And it's such an unbelievably huge honor. Um, to be able to do that. And I think that's, you know, without, (laughs) without totally vacillating and, you know, not committing to what my favorite show is, I think there's different, different parts of different shows that just absolutely have my heart. I think you're right. I'm yeah, I'm just thinking like to myself, if I could combine different things about each of the different shows, (laughs) 
Yeah, I could, I could totally get on board with that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I could always go for only driving like 15 minutes to every show. Um, that could be, that could be really neat, but then I wouldn't get to experience all the things about all the different places. So, um, I guess rolling into my next question for you, if you had any advice for someone, whether it be high school age, Jen and I's age, um, your age, <laughs> 25, if you had any advice to anyone going forward in their careers, in their lives, what would that be? Pursue your passion, no matter what it is, find it and pursue it and be yourself a hundred percent of the time. Never try to be something somebody else wants you to be. Never try to be something that somebody else defines you as. I think that would be my best advice because anytime that you can, and you guys, especially, you know, whether you're in high school or college or in your twenties, you're at such a prime time for discovering who you are at your core and what, and you have the opportunities to, in, to investigate any number of things and take every single opportunity that comes your way. And you know, you're, there's some of those things that you're going to be like, check that off my list. Don't want to do that. And those experiences are as valid, if not more valid than the other ones. Sometimes knowing what you don't want and what you're, what your passion is not is just as important as what your passion is. And when you find what your passion is, it will click, you know, and there's, there may be some jobs you do and there may be some internships you have when you're kind of like, eh, I don't really want to do this. I don't really like this, but those are all stepping stones. Those are, and I think that's one of the benefits of when you start getting a little bit older is you can turn back and look at your life and be like, okay, that bad experience, that bad experience, that awful experience, all were stepping stones and led to some of the most amazing things that will ever happen in your life. And without those touchstone experiences that were tough, you don't feel the absolute joy of some of those better experiences and some of those more fun experiences. And, you know, finding where you fit the best is, is a huge part of that. And yeah, without getting too much on my soapbox, just, you know, anytime that you can pursue your passion, anytime that you can, you know, look at the day, you know, those of us who do this, you know, I mean, I think up until probably Saturday night, I don't know that I got more than four hours of sleep a night during Hawaii, just, you know, getting, staying up and editing and trying to get those images out as quick as we possibly can um, and working, you know, huge long hour days. And you, you don't do that kind of work unless you absolutely love it with every part of who you are. And anytime that you can find a job that you can love with every fiber of who you are, um, that's where you're supposed to be. Boom. Mic drop. That was, that's exactly, that's perfect. I don't even, that's all I can say for that. That's perfect. <laughs> but um, with kind of, you know, staying innovative and staying on top of, you know, whatever trends, what's kind of, where do you see legacy, you know, going in the next couple of years? Are there, you know, you don't have to give away your secrets, but some new and exciting things that you guys are doing, um, shows, whatever, uh, kind of hit on that for the listeners. Um, I think, you know, we try to, you know, we try to take wherever we feel like um, God is taking us. Uh, we would never, if we would have put down a plan 
made a huge business plan for legacy when we first started, um, it would not have ever looked like this <laughs> um, because we were given opportunities and we were placed in certain places that, um, that made us thrive. And so I think, you know, we're, we're just looking towards open doors. Um, we, it's funny, all of the, you know, big shows and things like that, that we have and that we've been doing, um, we don't, um, we don't solicit shows. Um, we, you know, we allow them to kind of see what we do and let the work work for itself. And then, um, you know, if we need to place a bid, we place a bid. If not, there's a lot of shows that we do who just say, yeah, we just want you. Um, so that is, that's kind of the way we do a lot of our shows. One of the things that we do that's kind of that, you know, maybe a trade secret, but maybe not is, and it comes a lot from the fact that I did um, a lot of other kinds of photography when I first started and I was well versed and well ready to go to conferences and all that kind of stuff. And I still do. So we go to a lot of different conferences, whether they're sports photography or wedding or um, just Photoshop conferences or Lightroom conferences or just general photography conferences. Um, I've been a member of the Professional Photographers of America for seven, 18 years. Ooh, that's a long time. 18 years <laughs> and have been participated with them on a national and international level for, you know, almost two decades. And that has been an amazing tool for us because we're able to connect and talk with some of the top photographers in the world in a variety of genres. And I, I would say, you know, what we tell a lot of kids who work for us and work with us is go check out your Instagram, find other photographers that have nothing to do with livestock and follow them on Instagram, follow them on Facebook. And when you're looking at their stuff, look at it and say, why do I like it? Why is this something that I appreciate? Why is this something I like? Because those basic premises in photography can be translated into what we're doing. You know, it's like, okay, well, I really like that Photoshop effect that they're doing on this baseball picture. How can I make that into something that we can do with pig shows? And it's amazing what you can do. I mean, the Photoshop tool I developed to get make tool on tutus look better is one I still use on cattle hair all the time. <laughs> so it's, you know, just being able to translate some of that stuff. That's so awesome. Awesome. Um, and I guess my question kind of circles back with that. In our industry, there are so many different photographers. And I mean, even if you branch out, I'm sure in sports photography and um, in dancing or whatever else, there are so many. How, how do you all work together and jive together in order to get, you know, a common goal accomplished? How do you stay focused, um, you know, through your work and things like that? I think that it is when it comes down to it, it comes down to a common goal. And especially um, photographers that work through us through the show seasons. Um, that common goal is representing the exhibitor in the show. There is nobody who works with us and works for us that doesn't absolutely love this. And when it comes down to it, we want, you know, every exhibitor, whether you're fifth in class or 10th in class, or you win the whole show to be 
represented in pretty much the exact same way. Because at the end of the day, one of the things that we realized early on is that winning looks different for everybody. Um, sometimes just making it to the show, making it to a state show, making it to a national show for the first time, that's a win. Sometimes making it to a show with your with a heifer that stands dead last in class, but it's the last heifer you get off of your grandpa's place, that's a win. And I think um, everybody that works with us understands that. And everything else can kind of fall to the wayside when it comes to that common goal. And we try to encourage all of the all of the kids who work for us to, you know, to pursue. We have we've had so many interns and staff members while they were in college and stuff like that that have gone on to work with major breed associations um, that work with, you know, a lot of places in the industry. And we hope that some of the passion that we can teach them and that we help mentor them with takes them forward in their careers in a really, really positive way. Love that. Um, I know I say that all the time, but we just kind of have hit the nail on the head with stuff. But I know that we have kind of hit on it. Um, but one, you know, final time, if there's anything more you want to say before we wrap up, um, we thank you so much for coming on here. And we know how many uh, young people look up to you. You are definitely one that is sent into the Instagram DMs frequently to have on our Boss Babes episodes. So we're so grateful for that. And I know you hit on advice earlier in your career, but if you have any other life advice or any other thing you want to share before we wrap this up? I would say um, one thing that I would love to hit on a little bit is um, mentoring, especially as women in this industry. Um, I was lucky enough growing up. I loved my parents and had a great relationship with my folks. But once I hit about 12 or 13 years old, I entered the post age, which means my parents were dumb as a post. But I had, and I think every girl especially hits that where their parents are dumb as a post. And to be able to, and I had wonderful women around me that really poured love and advice and wonderful things into my life. And I think at any point in time that you are able in this industry to pour love and pour advice and pour wonderful things into younger girls and younger women, um, that is one of the most amazing privileges we're given. You heard it here, folks. Heidi Anderson and her, all of her wisdom. Um, thank you so much, Heidi. Um, thank you for what you do for this industry. You're, I mean, I can't tell you how many pictures I own from you because they're awesome and they capture a lot of really good memories of a lot of things. So, um, I know that we take time sometimes just having people to take pictures of that, of us in the ring for granted, but looking back, you have made a lot of impact on a lot of people's lives. And I know that you're photos hang in a lot of people's houses uh, and put a smile on a lot of people's faces. So thank you for coming on here. We love you and appreciate you and um, are so excited to see just legacy continue to prosper uh, in the future. Oh, we're, I am so excited. I'm so glad you guys had me on. I'm so glad you guys are um, with what you guys are putting out there. And I'm real proud of both of you. So. Well, we appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Are you tired of being ugly? Are you tired of wearing boring clothes? Did you finally throw away your rock revitals? Revivals? Well, head over to the Stock Market Boutique. You will get 
new jeans. Thank Jesus, okay? And they're flare, so you can't tuck them into your boots, which we're excited about. And then you'll put a cute shirt on, and you'll just be ready to go. That's the Stock Market Boutique. And then you're going to go, and you're going to use the code TKP10, the Keeper Pen 10 abbreviated, obviously. And you're going to get 10% off your order. And then you're going to wear it around. And you're going to tag us in your pictures. And we're going to just hype you up like we always do. And... You won't be ugly anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Check it out. And that's the T, sis. And that's the T.